Hello, everyone, and welcome to another DNE podcast. Welcome back, welcome back. I think episode 13. <laughs> one can only hope so. <laughs> <laughs> we may as well just stop saying the episode numbers. I'm going to lose track one day, say the nah, same number. It's 13, I'm sure. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's 13 as well. <laughs> well, my name's Eamon. And mine is Daniel. Yes, yes. And welcome to another week. Indeed, I hope your last week was good. Yeah, yeah. We actually lost the audio. That's why it's divided in two. But <laughs> it worked out pretty well. What's this last week? Last yeah. week's one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I didn't mind the two episode thing. I think uh, we'll try we'll try doing it still, but putting a second episode out at some point. So we're gonna try reduce the length of the episodes. You'll you'll, you'll yeah. You'll, you don't need to explain. You'll figure it's it fine. out. <laughs> It's that's for us to know, not them to know. <laughs> anyway, well, welcome to another week, and without further ado, we'll be talking about existence today. Uh, yeah, yeah, existence. What is existence? What is existence? I don't yeah. know. There's no way of really proving that we exist, right? Don't know. What well, What's your experience like? Like in the that's what existence would be, right? And what is it? experience yeah what is but why does this experience happen you know and i guess that's the a question that has been like thought of for so long (laughs) and that's why we came up with so many faiths and philosophies and different types of description to what it is and how it is and how it works but in reality before that there was nothing yeah, I never understand the how it all just came to be out of nowhere. Mm. That's something that I still struggle to to comprehend. The Big Bang, the idea that, that none of this matter, the matter that makes up us, existed. Mm. And then out of nowhere, it just... It happens. Happened, and all, all, all of it came into existence. <laughs> yeah, and then you come to be. And then you, you exist for such a small fraction of time. Or do I mean, you... Me in my current form exists for such a fraction of time, but I believe our the atoms and, and materials that make up you and I and everyone else in this world will exist for eternity and kind of have existed for as long as... Yeah, well, that's what we philosophy know. says, but... It's kind of what science would say right, as well. Well, that's just the, uh, an obvious statement if you really think about yeah, it. Yeah, no, it yeah, is. But the, the, what we... What existence would be would be the consciousness being conscious being right right so conscious existence what's it what's it like yeah and what it is so why do things happen you know so why am i here and why you're here with me you know why is anyone listening like why does i guess we can explain wind but like why really does it happen everything is so obvious now to us and we explain it through maths and different faiths but in reality nothing really makes sense and we all we can do is describe it in a certain way and we were able to do that through science but we can't ever really answer the question of why it exists or why it happens no i don't think there is a why Mm. I think um, this is kind of like a absurdist philosophy where you're kind of like looking at, at everything that is in existence and like 
realizing how absurd it is mm. that it just like it makes no sense Re- like everything makes really? very little sense yeah I don't know how to de- I don't know how to describe absurdism but it is that sense of like the the classic way I think I've described it to you is like instead of the idea of having dinner it's like at a certain point in the earth's rotation around the sun you gather around a piece of cut down wood to eat flesh from a dead animal mm-hmm. with those who gave birth to you and it's just very is that is that kind of what you're saying in terms of existence being? to my to my understanding of it's even further than that it goes deeper than that it does go deeper it's than that. more the i guess see i have never seen absurd absurdity philosophy absurdism yeah i have never seen it but i feel like i have a pretty good understanding somehow just for the sake of just because i've been asking so many questions throughout my life yeah the sense of like existence and um the the guy who does the philosophy says there's a certain anxiety that comes from being unable like once once you've faced the absurdity of the world and the universe there's an anxiety and anxiety in terms of like struggling to find meaning in it is what he's yeah i mean it's an interesting one it's just like you are just a piece of machinery who like goes around and has different organs that do different things and yeah basically that emanates consciousness but you're not really yourself you're built out of things like that is still yourself but yeah it's almost like they're separate in a way um i know science classifies those and classifies those two things as one but you have for example your eye emanates the image to your brain and you are able you your consciousness is able to fathom what's going on and act upon it or as we've even talked about before there is like the whole idea of that we are just <clears throat> viewers almost of our experience here and things just happen out of instinct. Um, we've talked about this before. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so. I feel like there's a question coming, but... There's like, no question. <laughs> I guess I'll build. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's a difficult one to difficult one to talk about. I, I know like the... I think it's all it's sensory input like based on my understandings of the brain and science you don't have control over your thoughts and that your reactions are merely yeah impulsive to your sensory inputs i don't know it's just crazy i don't know um i've been watching um a bit of like ted ed so my youtube is filled with like education stuff now oh ted talks um and not just ted's now but like all of, all around the <laughs> the spectrum yeah and um one really interesting um dilemma that uh that was given to me and i already thought about this before watching any videos of this right yeah and i had this theory in my mind and somehow and that happens a lot now i don't know why but i think of something and sometimes it appears in the movie in the video and you're like did you steal my idea yeah. <laughs> did did the phone hear what i was saying and it became wow. something 100 percent, the phone's listening <laughs> um but like what the, the idea that i'm talking about is the idea of 
everyone being the same person almost right so it's the idea of like you live through your life and then you die and you become the person next and you live through that life and then you die and you become the so if you if you go back to like the beginning of time right you are the first human or the first species that became humans right and you live through that life is this in that like your interpretation of existence is the same just in the sense that your conscious being is me and you are we are one yeah like in a sense yeah but yeah, we yeah. just live at You're different like, times like we're like we're equal in conscious experience to those who existed ages ago um no so it's like what what it describes is like one being we are one being who just lives through different it's almost a buddhist sort of outlook on it but buddhism mm. views it as you live through your entire life and then dependent on your karmas and your goods and bads you end up becoming like an animal or something of the yeah sort, you right? get rebirthed into, you get rebirthed into something else into a new life but this idea is that you live through your life so you're the first human you live throughout your whole life when you die you become the second human and you just go through that experience while your first and second human human were having that experience together. So it's one that's a bit hard to wrap your head around. But it's basically the idea of like, you live and then you go back and you go back and you go back. And so it's, go a back. Con- it's just like a constant cycle of like... You live through every single life in the universe. I get it. I find it very I'm going to put up some... <laughs> How does population growth work then? The same way. Everything works the same as we understand. You just... The the only difference is you are just the one going through that experience over and over and over and over, but like through different lenses, through different people. And like you just live every single life, but you are yourself. You know, this is... does that make sense what i'm explaining it's a bit hard to grasp <laughs> i know no <laughs> yeah it is, it is a little hard not currently anyway not currently yeah you need to open up a bit your um, just just open the doors just to understand it first and then you can talk about it because there's no no so that's what that's what i'm trying to understand and that's why i'm mm. introducing the ideas of like like that population growth i'm like if you're just one person experiencing everything how does adding new people to the population it just means you live as more people you're just living like because no one really uh, no one is really born at the same millisecond or like at the same quadrillisecond you know so it's just the idea that you always become the next person that became that became to be so you're the first person who's living and then you have a second person yeah right and then at one point you have five people living at the simultaneously right and, but they're different, all different in age. So you live through the older first and then you die and then you become, you basically go back in time and you live through the experience of the next person who was born throughout that entire life within those five people again. So it's just like, um, it's a yeah, forever cycle. I they, get it. I get it. I think, it, I, think, I, think I start getting distracted or not distracted, but thrown off track by the use of the word you. Mm-hmm when referring to the conscious experience of multiple people Mm. uh, that there's like uh, i just found it weird that there was it was being described as a as a self as being part of this 
it sounds like uh, sounds like something beyond that. Mm. I don't know what you mean by that, but that's right. Uh, it sounds like it a, doesn't really matter. It's a really interesting thought, actually. Um, and I did think about it before I saw it, so <laughs> I, it's very. Oh, cool. so you just came up with it on your own and then found it in a a reading? Yeah, like. I guess. <laughs> it, so, so what is it? A Buddhist thing? Or? No, it's nothing. It's just, uh, yeah. it's, it's an idea of you being um, cursed to live every single life, basically. <clears throat> it's interesting. And that's what the video is called. Uh, if I don't, if I recall correctly, is like... It's interesting <clears throat> that it's called cursed, that it, they, it's not blessed. Um... Why is life a blessing? Well, no, that you're that you're cursed to live all these lives rather than blessed to live all these lives. Yeah, so it's a here you go. It's a tethered, and it's um cursed to live every every life, and it's just called what if experience every human life in history. So very interesting video. I'll look into it. Ah, so what is it saying? What is it? Does it say what if you? Yeah, what if you experience every human life in history? So it's just a theory of you are a being who is able ah. to go through different lives, but like through, yeah. it's it's feels kind of Buddhist in a sense, but Buddhism isn't like that. Buddhism, I believe... But there's a what if question to it. Yeah. I mean, You've yeah. become like... Well, painfully, I'm, I'm assuming there's no sense of control. No, you don't know. I mean, I guess it's kind of... You don't know that's going through. That's not... That's happening. That's, yeah. I mean, I don't even think that would change anything. I kind of think you lack a level of control. Like, we currently lack a level of control. Everyone does. I mean, it's not pointing to you. But what if you're a god and that's what happens, you know? Um, like it's a curse or something, you know, we read so many myths about things of the sort, like I find it, I find it interesting that someone thought of that in a way. Yeah. It's like gods were cursed with like, for example, taking care of hell, you know, or taking care of a boulder. <laughs> they have taught a boulder um, for yeah. eternity and be happy about it. <laughs> Good old Atlas. Yeah, what is he? He, he lost a battle though. That was, he was he was punished because he he was defeated. So many people were punished, especially in northern mythology. You know, like yeah, it's just I don't know. And what if what if that's state of a god? You know, you just cursed to live every single life for eternity, but you don't know that, and you never know that, and you always have to go through the same things that so you always have to go through understanding the world around you <laughs> and then understanding what's going on understanding yourself breeding maybe oh, you want, dying you, you have to go through everyone's like early Fallen. early 20s buddy like yeah figuring out what's going on in the world <laughs> and you have like for example whatever else there is later people with so many like mental issues you have to go through all of it you know like it's an interesting one you're bound to get abused at some point, you know, multiple times because you live every single life. So you're bound to be the the abuser. Right. Which is, <laughs> which I find it, 
And this is why I, why I like I was going on the line. My thoughts were that if you're experiencing all these things, you would make so, you would wish to make some sort of corrective action to avoid the moments of suffering. But maybe that's what happens. And that and that's what I was like. But taking like determinism, right? Mm-hmm. And and that idea that our brains are just like a bunch of chemical reactions, yeah. And you don't actually have control over what happens next. And I was, and that's why I found the the theory interesting, because, like, it does make sense to use the word cursed because you don't have control. Like the human body, we're bound by the the science, like by the science of us, like by the raw existence. There is no higher being controlling. Like we are, we are not higher beings controlling ourselves. I guess there is a theory that says that, but I think practically speaking, as far as the science says, it is is we're not. I mean, the words of science gets pretty twisted on that sense because <clears throat> a lot of it s- speculates the idea of you not being in control of anything, but there is quite a bit that says you're in control of a little bit, you know, but you're not in control of the whole thing. It's there's quite a bit to it because there are quite a few theories about it. The one thing we know is we are not in control of everything. <laughs> yeah. Especially external inputs. Right. That's obvious. Yeah. One. That's an obvious oh, one. Oh, but 100%. internally speaking, we're not in control of everything. Yeah. I, I, like, yeah. I like taking the idea deeper and saying we're not in control of anything. Yeah. That is another theory yes i've kind of i remember i've disproved it to myself somehow or i came up with an idea that 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 tackled it that i i can't remember at the moment but uh, i mean technically is is it possible to disprove or disprove like is any faith really possible to prove or disprove you know yeah i think it was that like because you know determinism and free will yeah it's like uh I was very confused about if someone else does something to me, is my reaction predetermined? Like, like, does what does determinism and free will say about that moment from my perspective? Does it say that that was that that person was bound to do that thing to me, and I'm would bound free, to respond in a certain way? Would you be training yourself to be better and react to things better? be a type of free will because you know you acted in a certain way which the argument from the the deterministic point of view is that you were determined to have that poor experience that would will you to train and become better Mm -hmm. and then it doesn't technically need to be a poor experience though does it no it doesn't if you're indifferent to something then it doesn't but determinism says that that will like that was just destined to happen yeah at that exact moment in time based on the chemical position or whatever of your of your brain prior to that moment your the chemical reactions that led up to that thought that makes sense but as, as a ones. conscious being yourself do you really reckon you're just viewing your life um see it doesn't feel it doesn't it doesn't feel it but um it's more my like my topic of meditation the idea of like what consciousness is because mm. 
You've seen how easily thoughts come into your brain that you don't have control over. Yeah, but you don't. You have control over the action. But even the idea that the you in that statement exists is like it doesn't. There is no self in any in any of it. <laughs> You're. Is there not? I do. You have a case for it. No, do you have a case for it? I don't. I don't <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think there is a you. I think it's just sensory inputs, and then why? And then the brain comes up with an output. Why? Yeah, and isn't that you? Why is that not you? Well, I because like I don't know what you're pointing at when you say is that you. I don't know what you're. You have an input and output, sure. And yeah. who is determining the input and output? Like your senses, really? Yeah. Like your eyes. No, are your senses. Your senses are the input. What is the output? Your actions. Yeah, and isn't that you or? I mean, and if you can train yourself to have different outputs, would that not mean that you have a certain type of free will? even though you have zero control of your external inputs? I guess. But I'm like, why are you deciding to train? Are you are you deciding to train? Or is your senses and just constant, constant consciousness like just getting you to go train? Mm. Like you think there's a I want to go train, but you, it's impossible as far as I'm concerned to track down the origin of that thought mm-hmm. of why you said you wanted to train. You can look and you can try and reason out like, oh, it's because I saw this Jack dude the other day and now I want to train. But that doesn't explain explicitly why that thought arrived in your brain at the exact moment it did with the urgency it did to cause the action for you to then go to the gym i think that it's like just a like just thoughts that arrive out of nowhere Mm. and like and you pick and choose which ones you want to actually work upon and i think that's when you when you have a trained mind when you don't you just run out of impulse when you when you do have a trained mind you don't run out of impulse what is the difference between the two minds and does that mean you are npc or a person has free will Wait, let's say the question again. So, you have different thoughts, right? And a person who has trained their mind is able to determine what thoughts they will act upon. And a person without a very trained mind, they will act purely out of impulse multiple times until they decide otherwise. But that is not part yeah. of the point. So, what, what determines a person that can make that choice and a person that can't make that choice? Like, in, a, in upon the act of free will because um the, how i believe hmm. right things yeah. are is you can be an mc if you want you can be a person who just runs out of impulses and you just live life by how it goes and that's it or you can be a person who's deterministic and actually goes and does things depending of your your, I guess if you think about it, your inputs, right? Your visualization of things and how you perceive things. Um, independent of how you actually analyze the world, 
is based on your actions. So basically you have an input, you have an output, but you have something in between and you have a filter, right? You have you do have a filter. Yeah. Whether you believe that's um whether you believe that's um, a conscience like thing or not, we do have a filter where we determine and we analyze the situation and what's going on around us before we decide to choose an output. We are controllers. <laughs> yeah, I understand the idea of having the like the decider in the middle there, but I don't know what it is. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. don't know I don't know if it can be described. I don't know either. But that's why people journal and etc. Right? It feels it, it's it's the filter part. It's just basically you're filtering what what you want to do and what where does that fit on this on the grand scheme of consciousness is the interesting part right because that's interesting we don't actually know but there is input there is output yeah sure but there is something in between because i think of journaling and meditation mm. as mere observation of consciousness and, and and journaling more a record of it but if you can observe consciousness why is it not a part of your life yeah see that's that's where like the there is no you observing consciousness. It's like a mm. just there. I don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's wild, right? That's right, why existence I, wild, man. I, I don't know. I agree because well, like, I want to talk about it. Because yeah, I, like the way I was speaking about it before is like, but then yeah, you look at this idea of I'm observing consciousness, and there is no observer behind the thoughts. No, you're basically just listening to <laughs> to your breathing, and that's about what's happening, <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like, like again, there's no, there's no, um, there's no listener. There's no one listening to the breathing. It's like it's just happening. <laughs> it is just happening. It's really weird. I've I've come across with that thought a few times recently. Where someone's speaking and there's a noise happening beside me, not quite in front of me. And it's just a wave of noise and you can feel the wave of noise, but it's not. It's just weird that that noise is happening. It's just like odd. And if you perceive like the surroundings like that, and I've had that experience with even visual sort of thing, where it's just like you look at someone and you're like, well, it's really odd. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's really odd that that person's there and standing having complete different thoughts and complete different view of the world as you as you are in that exact place and environment and you just aren't the same and that is a wild thought and it's just odd that that's happening right that even the interaction is weird but this is a strange one i <laughs> I, I tend to agree <laughs> I had I had something recently, yeah, but it was with the dog. Mm-hmm. I, I was just like patting this dog. I was like, this one, the absurdity of it. This creature is so interesting. <laughs> but then the second, like, this dog isn't dumb. It, I mean, I don't think they're self-aware. Like, I think if you put a mirror in front of them, they don't realize that that's them. I mean, it depends on the dog, right? Some dogs bark at themselves. <laughs> some dogs look at themselves some dogs watch tv well some this don't. is what i mean <laughs> i'm like he's a, he's observing something yeah. he's taking in like what 
information around him and using it to communicate and, and whatnot. And I was just like, this is so strange. I got that with Lucifer. I told you about this. Did I? I talked about this on a podcast while he was licking himself. And I'm like, how does he know? Oh, yeah, 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 you did. How does he know that's the normal, that's the natural form? How strong are instincts for him to know <laughs> this without any lesson? I swear this doctor humans do that are the same. I swear. I mean, yeah. When you're a baby, you cry for attention. That's just a common norm, right? Yeah. And, um, it does get attention, fair enough. Yeah, but it's hell, odd that every yeah, single baby hell, knows yeah, it that. it works. <laughs> every single baby knows it. They're like, ah, oh, I'll cry. And they're like, ah, reward. Mad. Oh, I'm gonna cry again. <laughs> and I was watching this video where, very interesting, right? Yeah. You know how parents are usually like, oh, here's a picture of a dog. Dog. And they're like, and they're like, yeah, this is how you teach your kids. Huh? The human brain is actually able... So, if you're a child, right? If you're a kid, yeah. baby, you are able to understand things just through your environment and through the experiences that you're going through. So, as much as it helps to be like, oh, dog, that baby would be able to eventually be able to like get to that point regardless. Like, even if you didn't point and go, that's a tree. Literally. Because at some point, they will hear that that's a tree without hearing that's like, a tree. Like they'll pick it up in the context. Yes, of. because our brains are actually good enough and well analytical enough to be able to do that. Yeah. Very interesting how a <laughs> child's ba- brain can do that because... I wonder how early on it can do that. They sat as a baby, so like... Real? Yeah. Huh. I mean, I guess we know we can. We have to eat when we are babies, right? Yeah, you probably have like <clears throat> stuff like crying to just cue automatically when you're hungry or thirsty. <laughs> yeah, it's odd that every animal is born with the knowledge and ability to breathe. <laughs> yeah, see, see, that's just born that stops... being like, <laughs> yeah, and then you start breathing. Like what? <laughs> How? <laughs> How? Oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's like it's not like you're manually doing it. <laughs> no, you're not, dude. Like <laughs> your brain just knows to pump blood. With babies, I'm pretty sure you slap their like bum for them <laughs> to cry when they're born. But you just—it's like an on switch. <laughs> yeah, you need to make them cry so they like breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gold crap, he ain't. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing still, but I know it was a thing. <laughs> that's great. <Yeah. laughs> I don't Because some stupid baby was like, ah, I don't know how to breathe. I'm going to just die. <laughs> Lamau. <laughs> do you have an earliest memory? Oh, I do, actually. My earliest memory is when I was a literal baby. And it's actually really crazy that I remember this because my parents still feel very impressed that i do it's me crawling and i'm crawling through like my house my first house and one day i was just talking to them and i'm like fuck i have this memory right (laughs) tell me if this is right and i'm describing (laughs) the house like really early like age i don't even know like probably two years old one maybe Mm -hmm. it's like the i remember being like small 
was like crawling and like the arch of the house and you have like a it was the house you have an outside little corridor and then like a back office well my parents were pretty impressed about that one that's nuts that you remember it from so young that is my only memory from that age though and then there was one that i cut my hair and i was hiding under the sofa that's crazy i I only remember one from my backyard when i was like five but there's like a or i actually i take that back i have no idea what age i was i might ask find out but (laughs) the point of the question was kind of like i don't know i think the idea is that you don't really remember anything from when you're four before you're four years old but that sounds four years old sounds disproven by by you (laughs) (laughs) thank you no thank you world (laughs) get wrecked because it's yeah, I was definitely fairly it's young. Weird to think that there's like a stream of consciousness and then you become aware of it at some point. It's funny how you like become you more not, aware of it. But you were not always as observant of your but experience dude, you, as you are now. Even and there must have been a point where and like you don't have any like you weren't like that when you were one. <laughs> so Well, I don't where know does if this you come can from? relate. But my vision of the world is fairly different from when I was 16. Already, I feel different. Like, not old, don't get me wrong, but just like, you look around and things just look different and you're just like, oh, this, why, do, why do things feel odd? Why do things are different? It's weird. Um, <laughs> it's, it's I, tend, cool. I, I tend to agree. Yeah, I looked at my bedroom the other day around and I'm like, Hmm. <laughs> strange feeling just like can't even yeah. explain i'm just like in my bed looking around being like it feels unfamiliar you know really yeah maybe i have some brain disease you know so. yeah <laughs> maybe you need to reorganize your room uh, no it's pretty organized <laughs> it's just felt unfamiliar and i got that a few times already where you're just like in a space and it just feels odd but it's the same thing with like for example being with someone and too odd in that situation you know it's funny reflecting like uh like you said when you're 16 on the experience as a youth mm. i see but there's a certain part of me that feels like that's we're still going through that mm. we're probably going to look back when we're 30 and this is going to look different you know like yeah, we'll look back. We're we like, were. why the hell did we do that podcast? Mm. We're doing something, going for a job interview. Someone's gonna <laughs> pull up the podcast. They're like, oh, so you have deep mental issues, huh? Yeah, they'll be like, when, nope. <laughs> oh, when, <laughs> yeah, when you're thirty, going for a job, or like uh, later, even they'll just be able to pull up like every time you ever touched the internet. <laughs> <laughs> And they'll pull up the podcast and be like, what the hell? I don't know how that came. But yeah, I don't know. Consciousness, do you reckon it changes as time goes on? Like uh, like when we, when we were younger, definitely more <clears throat> impulse, way less risk averse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, I don't know you, I think you would have as well. You put into perspective though usually you're like i'm not 18 yet i'm not gonna get in trouble run it yeah (laughs) 
And then once you pass 18, you're still dumb, but you're already more like, yeah, I'll go to jail if I do this. (laughs) (laughs) So I may not do that. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking from experience. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, you kept doing it for a while. Mm. Redacted, bro. Uh, yeah. My risk reward was pretty understandable once I crashed my car. Yeah. And I was like, no, <laughs> no more. See, that was funny. I see. Yeah. I, I was, I was aware of the youthful experience that I was having and I was fully like, okay, I need to do something dumb, stupid while young or else I'll never I'll never do something this stupid ever again. Mm-hmm. I want a fun thing to look back on when I was younger and go, fuck, that was crazy. <laughs> and you look back at it and you're like, well, that was Yeah, and you can look back and range. you're like, wow, that was, that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's fun though. But a part of me is glad Inher- that I have something. Yeah, yeah, a part of me is glad. But it was, it was there was a weird moment of observing the consciousness at that age. See, I keep saying See, but you keep calling consciousness, but you you were saying how like you don't even believe in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So please further explain that. <laughs> please, <laughs> please please think more about this one, bro. <laughs> we are talking about existence, so different. <laughs> what the observe like the Well, you're observing your consciousness. The, the right? observing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I have to believe there is something more, you know, to it. I know we can't prove anything by looking at MRIs and stuff because our brains are... We understand our brains, first of all, very well. But second of all, we also, like, don't really know where consciousness comes from, you know? No. We have zero idea. Like, we could just be a viewer playing a game. Who knows? But, like, we have no idea where consciousness comes from. We could just be some random sims, bro. maybe we are NPCs and we're just unaware of it Mm -hmm. I highly I have to beg to disagree just because I'm living it (laughs) (laughs) but if you're not living it I'm sorry man (laughs) wait what was that like (laughs) say I'm living it so I don't think I'm an NPC but like because I'm experiencing it but like you're saying NPCs can't experience life they don't they're non-playable characters (laughs) They are just a batch of code. But you're, just not, you're just not playing at the game from their perspective. No, you're just a batch of code. That's why NPC is. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the person playing the game is still a batch of code, but like so who is ev- aware of what's going on as so surroundings. So everyone's NPC? That isn't... I don't know. You, like from the perspective of ourselves the protagonist everyone's an npc i guess he could bro i mean based on like yeah like based on interactions i would say no but (laughs) you might as well think that because it is a weird it is a weird thought the fact that there are other people around (laughs) yeah (laughs) whom's experience similar things non-similar things completely different experiences very weird (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to reply. <laughs> My brain's just gone blank. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess from the sense that you'll never be able to experience the world from their perspective, 
they must take the form of the NPC. They if, have if, to. If right? you're talking about it from the perspective, yeah, of the player yeah. in a game. I do think what defines a quote-unquote NPC in real life, though, is just a person who runs purely on impulse and doesn't actually analyze their surroundings. So any thought that pops into their mind, any anything, they're just like, yeah, run it. <laughs> run it. Or, yeah, I guess the important distinction is that there isn't even a distinction to run it. There's no filter. It's just in, out. <laughs> It's just up, do, up, thought, do. <laughs> yeah, which I guess can be good. <laughs> but yeah. all the time, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> it is It is interesting that you can train that ability mm. to be lesser so in that you can filter out the bad thoughts. Yes. Well, not the bad thoughts, but the thoughts that I don't, I'm struggling to find the way to describe that. They but come like, by, they, yeah, they like disappear. yeah, mm. like you're able to push them aside, basically make room for the for a new thought. You recognize that one's not productive or not mm. attuned with. And I like to believe the more you train that, the less of those intrusive thoughts come by. You know. Yeah. Well, the yeah, the less aware of them, I think. Well. The more aware of them you are, yeah. the less you receive them, the the more you receive thoughts that are compatible to what you think is correct. And then that that's what I like to believe. I don't know. I've never experienced it, right? Yeah. Damn, I am sitting here just hearing every time we say you or I in relation to thoughts. <laughs> I still sit here and I'm like, what? what is that? <laughs> like, it's we so... It's such an easy thing to default to. And I mean, it makes sense. I'm probably going to continue saying it like that for the rest of my life that I mm. think this. But like... Your who, eyes. Who, so. who, is the, who is the I behind the thought? Is it like... I, based on my understanding, there is no I oh, behind I thought the you thought. Meant, I thought you meant on a like <laughs> linguistic scale. And I'm like, well... A what? Linguistic scale, which is like you and I. <laughs> you are you that's just it oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Me, but you're talking about the thought sense yeah yeah but- yeah i was going back to that thought where I had, like because yeah I, I had my thought you questioned it and now i'm thinking about it and i'm like yeah i still agree with what i'm i still agree with my the idea but mm. it feels like when i whenever we aren't talking about what i believe it seeps through that there's something else hey man <laughs> again there's and it's strange <laughs> it is weird consciousness is, is weird life is weird and fairly yeah fairly weird <laughs> don't know how else to describe it I don't I don't know who else thinks about it but it is a thought that comes by fairly often to myself at least where you're just like you're living an experience and just a little stop and whoa, whoa what is this experience you know like yeah when you're fairly stressed or something you're just like why am i even bothering like this is and you just it's not you, worth and you, it and you look at the stress and you go wow this is impacting how i think now god damn yeah 
Is that kind of like what you're saying? No, it's more like you're conscious. You are meant to be a conscious being. You're going through like a stressful situation. You're just like, why am I bothering with this? You know, why am why am I bothering with existence? You know, like <laughs> it's like why live through a stressful situation if clearly there is a more peaceful choice, right? <laughs> I get you. I thought. <laughs> Yeah, I picked up a different <laughs> tonality in there. Mm. I thought there was like something of suicide. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, like why, why exist? <laughs> I am kind of talking about suicide. I wouldn't do it yeah. myself, but like, yeah, like that is more the most peace. That is the decision, right? That is like, if you go back to, for example, philosophy. Yeah, it's not frowned upon. The idea well, of suicide. Su- suicide. Yeah. If you, be- if you really believe you've achieved everything you should have achieved, then there's no point not to. Well, it was a big thing for the Albert Camus was the guy who did the absurdist philosophy. Mm. And he wrote a bunch of essays and he said it was the most important philosophical question was why shouldn't you commit suicide? And why and he was it? trying to come he was trying to come to logical conclusions like around why you should live like no just commit suicide he was trying to he was trying to argue the opposition like mm-hmm. and come to a, a logical conclusion on why you should and he's like yeah I don't, I don't think he could come to them i struggle I okay but let's try reading them. let's go the but other way suck. then why should you bother leaving if it's gonna end anyway well yeah I, i've heard this before and the like the the general i thing that i heard was like you're not just gonna turn off a great movie because you know it ends you're gonna like you want to watch the rest of it (laughs) may as well with life too may as well (laughs) really you have a terrible life let's let's put into perspective sure you have a terrible life where i don't know let's say you were born in a terribly poor country right you have a terrible you have a terrible parents you've been abused you've been i don't know you don't have limbs you don't have all your limbs i don't know and um yeah things can get better at some point right but what is the point of waiting for it that's such a heavy i don't know <laughs> that's not me i'm very it's privileged but yeah no, no no i know i'm like i'm like i've come to my own reason why i should uh, it's so hard to come to a reason for a scenario that isn't that isn't mine. Maybe if I read more of this essay, I could be <laughs> more prepared for yeah, it. Yeah, you'd have a, you'd have an answer. That's fair. I think- hey man, it's just philosophy though. That's philosophy is the thoughts of people, right? It's basically our thoughts just like compromised in in a yeah. in a faith almost. Well, it's interesting because yeah, they're like. They're like questions like that that prompt, well, like in a very cringe way of saying it, but like prompt in the discovery through the searching for the for the answer. It's like you find your own answer. There's no universal. Yeah, answer. it has no. It, it doesn't matter what you choose. <laughs> yeah, but the fact that you think about it probably adds something to your life. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of why you would because yeah 
I can't think of anything. Yeah, it's a weird one, man. And, and the way philosophy looks at it is you've reached your peak. You have nothing else to live for. Why continue it? And that's Marcos Aurelius, really. But but you don't know you've reached your peak. Well, but you you are ought to decide, though. You, you can be the decider of that faith, right? Instead of letting nature decide it for you. Well, technically, nature is deciding for you in the eyes of philosophy, yeah, but you're way. taking you're taking your own life rather than letting external things take over your life. Because if you think about it, with modern medicine, you die because of old age, sure, but there's like other things that accelerate. Yeah, so like your organs start to fail, so it's not really you choosing that path. It's just like the inherent. Um, way of things <laughs> you die that's just what it is and like why not choose yourself You, I think in one of the episodes you were talking about this and I was talk- trying to talk about against this but it's a really interesting question of like why not let yourself decide rather than let other things decide wait what what, what was that <laughs> to kill yourself <laughs> Like, why let other things decide that? Yeah. Because you can get hit by a car at any point. <laughs> yeah. In some weird way, does, does that mean you stepped out onto the road? <laughs> Someone can be yeah, coming so, in into the pathway. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm, hearing, I'm hearing the thoughts. I'm hearing the thoughts. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. The, the the constant idea is that there's more suffering than there is like from the fields of from what I've heard anyway. Is that the generally like by choosing to continue living your life, you're living a life understanding that you're probably gonna experience more suffering than happiness. Is I don't know which philosopher said this and what their reason was for that. It was it would be something along the lines of the absurdism thing. That's an interesting one. Where you would experience a lot of anxiety or like a lot of them talk about suffering and the idea of pursuing something. So it's kind of like you're going to experience a lot of suffering, a lot of anxiety in the future of your life. So like, what's, is, is that not a, just a, a net negative? Why, why continue? But I don't know. I think the conclusion that I came to from the... I think the conclusion I came to was um well i read the myth of sisyphus and they were kind of saying that you have a personal you have a personal what's the word like a personal a personal fate and to see that through is important to yourself you should be happy to do that mm. how long have we been recording for? but see no nah, there's more to talk about yeah Doesn't matter. all right well <laughs> i just need to go to the toilet though and i'll be right back so can we pause it? We'll just take a quick break. Oh, yeah, we can pause it. Damn it, I could have done that instead of saying it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back. <laughs> yay. yay. <laughs> Sorry. Well, next time I'll just pause it instead. I'm yeah. Announcing that I'm going to the toilet, but yeah. I mean, you can say we're taking a quick break and then we can take the break. Well, I don't know how I was going to run it, honestly. <laughs> should run some ads in the break <laughs> could 
We could. Um, Someone sponsor us, please. <laughs> but going back to what we were talking about. Yes. What do you think about on the sense of do we live more, suffer? Do we suffer more than we experience happiness? Um... <laughs> Microphone, died. The microphone fall was bound to happen at some point. Yeah, it, was, it was not a good setup. <laughs> um, do I think that we'll experience more suffering, than, suffering happiness. than happiness? And what is actually suffering and happiness, though, if you really think about it, though, right? I mean, I guess Marcus Aurelius tells us to be indifferent to either. Yeah. But most people aren't, though him included <laughs> yeah I don't know I, I think it's hard for me to say like I, th- I think back on my life so far and I think there's more happiness than suffering mm-hmm. but I, I don't know I think so too I think there's suffering in the pursuit of happiness I think there's more suffering in the later stages of life. At early life, I felt happy most of the time. Yeah. Then now there's this pursuit of not only happiness, but also um, of a common objective. And um, I don't know, just, just something to keep, to prove to myself that is worth doing what I'm doing for example going to uni for example why is it worth doing that so you have to suffer through it why is it worth going to work right um, it's not really suffering but it's just like I guess it's um, well I guess you can call it suffering I don't see I don't I don't know the exact definition of suffering like um, it's not bad it's not happy either you know yeah, no, I think in the philosophical sense, I think it's suffering. Mm. Like, but L- Living through not doing what you don't want to do. Well, it's like you can... Like the way I think about it is suffering in like a... Technically going to the gym is suffering. But you can derive pleasure from it. Okay. But that's suffering. Right? Mm-hmm. I guess you agree on that. Well, I don't know, no. honestly. Uh, I've, but it's like I, think, I guess they are parts of suffering, but I think. But the sounds of suffering is, and by reading those books, is suffering is related to pain, and which I guess you can call it muscle pain. But yeah, you're talking more emotional. Usually, more yeah, it's usually more emotionally related, isn't it? When they talk about philosophy, I don't know. I mean, I think it encompasses all. Mm. I think it encompasses all. And I, and, I, and I think that's why... I think there's, like, happiness found in suffering. Mm. In making yourself go to certain things. And you're happy that you went. Mm. Or you're you're like, I hate this at the moment. But then from that... You I derive mean, I don't some know, happiness. You learn something. Or, mm. yeah, you derive something. And you go, you go, oh, you reflect on you go, I'm kind of like at some point in your life, you go, I'm kind of glad I had that experience. So I think, I think, yeah, there is suffering more, probably more suffering than happiness. But, um, I think 
I think you find happiness through the suffering and that's part of the justification of its existence. Mm-hmm. I, I guess. But what is indifferent then if you're... See, that's where the indifference comes, right? It's just like you have happiness. So you're feeling pain. If that yeah. is suffering, how do you feel indifferent about it? Because you don't have control about your muscle pain. What, what do you mean by that? Well, what does indifference fit into the happiness and suffering? Like how does indifference fit into it? I, don't, I think it's in the choosing. Yeah. But like you're saying, like, for example, going to the gym and deriving happiness from it. It's just like so you, you go through some suffering to go through happiness. Yeah. But what if you're indifferent about both? How does that work? Because, for example, um, but let's use the gym example. You go to the gym and you derive happiness from being sought from it and you know it's working, right? So you both in a suffer suffering and a happiness state. But it, like how do you how would you feel indifferent about that because the pain is there regardless right the happiness side sure you can like probably not even feel happy about it that's okay but like where would indifferent really fit on that like i'm I'm trying to talk, like really distinguish what yeah I guess suffering in- is and happiness i guess yeah i don't really know how you're putting the indifference into it yeah how would you <clears throat> I don't think you can. This is my point. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. So that's why I'm presenting the idea of I don't think it's physical at all. Why are you adding the indifference in there? Because that's what philosophy runs through, right? Oh, that's what Marcus still like. That's what mm, stoicism really runs through. I haven't read much of the other ones, so... That you ought to be indifferent between pain, suffering, and enjoyment. Yeah pleasure i think that i think i think how you put indifference into that is something along the lines of uh i ought to maintain my body so i go to the gym you're indifference to the su- you're indifferent to the suffering you're indifference to the happiness of it being in matter. shape it doesn't matter i just go to the gym because i need to maintain my body okay i think that's how i would put indifference into it yeah so the pain doesn't matter yeah so the, like, the, the like, pain that you're feeling and isn't neither, suffering and neither does the joy I'm just I'm just maintaining it That's, I'm just yeah. I'm looking after it but see joy is completely mental and pain isn't completely mental pain's physical um oh well it can be mental but on the gym side it's completely mental you feel your muscles yeah. sore right I'm using the gym example <laughs> yeah 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 I understand yeah, yeah. there's yeah. pain <laughs> yeah mentally but or there's the like um interpretation of pain Mm. there's not like like what is pain you know in the physical sense it's kind of like just your nervous system sending like electromagnetic signals to your brain it's like to to signal that something's wrong because you have micro tears in your muscle but it's not you can be indifferent to it it's not real until it is real the feeling is real yeah but like there there are types of pain that you can't really go over right you break a leg what are you gonna do 
You gonna do leg day next day? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> the gym. It's just fake. Smash your bone, your broken bones, not existing. Yeah, that's like a biomechanical failure, but I don't like. Muscle also does that. You can have very bad tears. Yeah. I don't know what you're saying. Well, I'm just going back to what you were saying. About what? About pain and like the whole thing, right? I'm trying to I'm trying to understand what suffering is because the indifference doesn't still doesn't make sense on that sense. So how would you be indifferent to breaking a leg? I guess. I'm not I'm not sure. <laughs> I like I don't know. I think I I don't know. I think my my answer it feels too my instinctive answer is it, it feels too simple to apply it. It's kind of just like, oh, I have a broken leg. Like, what do I do next? And you just refuse to like... Yeah, see, I just don't think it has anything to do with the physical state, really, is the idea that I think. But yeah, we do have different interpretations of it. So it doesn't no, really matter. So you're thinking suffering in what sense then? Just mental suffering. Like... So like going to the gym and feeling pain isn't suffering at all because it just isn't. So what is suffering? Um, I don't know. Maybe not knowing what your objective is. That's the type of suffering. Um, a bad breakup. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Feeling despair about losing a friend. Someone dying in your yeah. family. Yeah, yeah, I think that's suffering. I think it's also, yeah, I agree. I think that is true suffering. Feeling body pains, yeah, sure. And I guess I'm like even arguing your side, right? But of well, like, I think it encompasses. Like, oh, you feel a bit of pain. I think it encompasses all of it. Jim was just the first example that that I, that came to my mind. Okay, okay. I guess people are more. I don't know. More prone to feel like their bodies are like a matter. It it it, it can become something that transpires suffering but i guess i'd never see it that way you know where what, what what do you mean the the body transpires something that can like for example feeling pain after the gym yeah is that suffering <laughs> really i mean i think i, I don't know I, I think it's a type of suffering See, the word suffering just feels a lot more heavy than just, like, feeling a mild soreness, you know? I mean... That's that's what I'm trying to understand. I know what you mean, and I and, and I agree. I think it encompasses that as well, but I don't think that it, that means it doesn't encompass the smaller areas of suffering. It's like, smaller. It's just, like, minor suffering. Like, when there's kind of, like, not enough milk in the fridge or something, and you, like, <laughs> suffer a little bit. Like, I think it's... Still- but is that suffering, though? Is that actually suffering? <laughs> How we were talking about it, probably not. But. God, because my God, that feels so petty to suffer <laughs> <laughs> that way. Yeah, I mean, well... Are we just people who are indifferent about things and do people genuinely think... feel suffering out of these things? Oh, you've heard the expression, don't cry over spilt milk, I think. But I'm pretty sure there's different reasons for that. But I, I mean, like, I, I know the indifference what you're talking about came from Marcus Aurelius, which is just him discussing his thoughts. So we don't, like... I don't it's not just him. Stoicism talks about it. Yeah. Seneca points out quite a few things about being different. 
and I've heard suffering from. But like again, I think this it there's so many different people who talk about it in so many different topics and so many different ways that like you can come to your own definition of suffering. Yeah, like I, it's probably more important that we come to a conclusion on how we talk about discuss like discussing uh, suffering here. This doesn't really have this doesn't really have an answer at all. It's just fun to actually throw around, honestly. But just probe. Yeah, there's no answer to what's suffering, honestly. But it's just trying to find a consensus here between you and I, really, which is the idea, right? Oh, I I think it's kind of infinite, honestly. No. Like, yeah, I think it encompasses like yeah, like you're saying all that emotional stuff. I think there's there's suffering and understanding your place, existence in the world. I think there's suffering in those small little petty moments. There's suffering in anxiety. There's suffering in stress. And that's uh, why we have to get rid of suffering. Is is the idea? Can we get rid of suffering? Um. Well, my understanding is it's kind of an essential part of life that you wouldn't want to get rid of all suffering. Well, what I understand also is if you get rid of suffering, you have to also get rid of happiness. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, because that's what balances it out. Yeah. So would you say you'd suffer more, you're more happy, or you do have a balanced life at the end of the day? Not you yourself, but like... Do you reckon people would mostly experience a more balance given suffering is the balance to happiness? So that it would be like a more 50-50. Um, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I think there's more suffering than happiness and I think happiness is kind of derived from suffering. Mm. Does, that, does, does that answer? No, but that's okay. <laughs> I don't really. What was the question again? I, <laughs> I'm struggling with this. <laughs> yeah, it is an odd one. Um, no, it, it doesn't have an answer, but yeah. Well, what do you think? I don't know. I have no idea. Is that's why I'm speculating it? Um, I like to think that if, for if um happiness balances suffering then there has to be a 50 50 balance in your life like like a direct naturally 50 like equal amounts of happiness to suffering well if one's balanced to another he has to right unless there are other departments that we don't talk about but if suffering and happiness have to be balanced and they are the opposite of each other then you'd have a 50 50 yeah if they if do you, you do experiencing more suffering do you think you experience it in a 50 50 i don't know man i actually don't <laughs> i so i i'm pretty happy a lot of the time but i'm i feel yeah. like i experience more happiness and suffering honestly i usually generate a lot of happiness from one situation that i quote unquote suffered from yeah um not on the gym way <laughs> Oh, in any more way. like yeah more like very painful I guess when it feels painful and you know it there is it, an objective usually comes from it and then once the objective's reached then it drops to like another suffering and then there's another so you suffer object. in the pursuit of goals 
Is that is that kind of like what you're saying? No, I feel like suffering creates goals to myself. That that without oh, suffering, like you suffer and then you. Yeah, without suffering, I don't think I would be trying to even improve myself. You know, like that that would have never happened if suffering didn't happen. I I I agree. Yeah, I agree. So, um, I do I do agree is a very important part of life. It's just. Um, I mean, I think it's essential. Like, I don't think you live a good life without suffering. No, I don't think so. I mean, the book that I'm reading currently is to rid of suffering. Um, and the idea is once you've rid of suffering, you you become enlightened, and you don't you don't really get affected by external affairs. But it also relates to the fact that. You still gotta have a fit body. You still have to have a mental like capacity to intake external things. Yeah. You're just indifferent to it, and you're still healthy. You know, it's not like it's not like the idea that people usually think of. You don't have motives to keep going, so you become just a person without motives, and you become, for example, obese, or you stop looking forward to other things. The, the idea is once you become enlightened, you have objectives. You just don't care about the negatives that's, that are going on and you don't really see them as negatives. I guess it's the whole idea of perspective, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm struggling to follow, honestly. <laughs> yeah. It's it's an interesting book, man. I don't know. You should read. The idea of enlightenment is so... I don't know. I hear it. I've done some of those things in japan that are like supposed to sim- simulate the feeling of it right but like i don't really do you have any idea what it is i believe you understand like when you meditate do you feel better yeah that's part of it that's part of buddhism <laughs> it's part of calmness yeah i guess a lot of other religions take it other ways as well like praying can be really good for that sense but um it's basically just the idea of like being able to feel in a different way i don't know how to completely explain it no no idea i'm not in line so can't wouldn't be able to tell you (laughs) but not neither apparently this guy who was wrote this book and a lot of things and people just try to derive it from it so yeah I don't, I don't know either from my understanding it's like a feeling it's a yeah there's a feeling of enlightenment it's not but like I have no idea who knows who knows what it is those people <laughs> apparently there's a lot of enlightened people out there I just don't know who <laughs> so see it's so strange like like prove it <laughs> but- and- like, see but the the prob- you know what i mean but the probable answer would be like i don't have to prove anything like why do i have to prove anything <laughs> it feels so like yeah it just i don't know it's like how do i know that they're actually enlightened well you can't as you can't know what that's, i'm thinking that's <laughs> it it's just strange yeah it's got to believe on their word and honestly i think you can watch it right you can be a by observer of the quote-unquote enlightened person. Like, do they act as their mentor or whatever? Do, like, 
I have no idea. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, I did the little, there's like these little tunnels in Japan underground mm. where you have to like walk through darkness, pitch, pitch black darkness through like these little tunnels mm. to like find some key in the dark and then there's light at the end and they're saying it's like enlightenment because you're searching through an unknown to find something that you don't know where it is and then you have that you have that feeling of fear the feeling of search the feeling of finding it and then being graced with the light to simulate the idea of enlightenment and I've read a book about the Rizzo who's made Wu-Tang Clan essentially and it's like a it's like a spiritual memoir of his and he talks about enlightenment and he mentions he became enlightened and I still have no idea what it is I think you just have to understand through the context man yeah yeah it's just I you, mean I, you found the light at the end of the tunnel and I believe that's what the whole methodical idea of the Japan Japan thing was. I think that's it I think like maybe you you're walking through the dark and you're found Christianity talks a lot about it also it's just like I was blind and now I can see or something like that it's just the whole idea of you can see beyond what's external, you know? You, yeah, I guess see, that's the idea of it. I think, yeah, it's all it's all metaphors, right? Like, kind of keys to... Yeah, but they, they make sense, though. Maybe not to you, but if you really think about it, it should make sense. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, no, I was thinking about it, and you're kind of like, ah, uh, still in the fear stage, still in the trying to find the key in the darkness stage you know i think we most people are though you know yeah or are they i think a lot of people don't even step on the path (laughs) no a lot of people get comfortable and they stay comfortable yeah and they don't they don't enter that fear they don't have like you know if i'm just referencing my experience yeah you don't walk into that darkness to find the like with unknown path to find the we are young though do you reckon that's the reason why we don't see people thriving through it though because maybe people who are older usually decide to take those sort of paths yeah maybe i think like the the wu-tang guy he he found it after he did everything oh okay so like maybe there's something there in relation to like you have to do something complete something and then just be at peace I'm not sure I think so I think maybe it is just to be at peace be in a flow state of happiness right not a not a momentary momentary experience of it which is what most of us feel, right? We feel happy for a little while. Then we go back to feeling neutral or sad. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I get what you mean. I have no idea. I have no idea, actually. <laughs> I don't either. I haven't gotten there. So... Nah, neither. be able to say it for sure. A pursuit. But... A pursuit. Mm. But without pursuing anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With being comfortable, which is a problem. Comfortability. Yeah, comfortability, big one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> 
It's an odd one, actually. Do we have to feel uncomfortable to grow? I don't know. Do you want to talk about it in the next one? Do we have... Sorry. Yeah, sure. We'll, we'll jump into another one. Yeah. All yeah. right. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. If you made it to the end of this one, there was a lot of a lostness going on. <laughs> I'm sure it was hard to follow, but grateful you made it to the end here. Hope you have a good week. Bye.